Well, good evening. Good to see you all tonight. Glad you made it through the rain. I heard it was pretty heavy on 75. So we may have a lot of people on live stream tonight. So we're glad you're there. <laughs> uh, I was saying it reminds me of the old um, snowstorms, except it's rain. Either way, you still can't see. I was just looking at the overheads. I was reading the, the overhead announcements. And the one on the building fund, these were made, let's see, we're in August, so the, the announcements was made around the end of July, and the balance on the mortgage was $11,000. Now it's paid off in less than a month. I think I told you Sunday it was down to $300, and then uh, uh, Monday or Tuesday morning I got up, Monday morning I got up and somebody had sent in $1,000 online for the building fund. So that covers it all, and there was enough left over to take care of the tithe. Yeah. You always have to have enough left over to take care of the tithe. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. So God is good. And we are now preparing and working on the celebration service, September 11th. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. So um, I don't know about you, but since Pastor Nid announced about uh, paying it off in September, we started celebrating back then because yeah. we knew that's it. This is it. It is done. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Amen. Amen. Uh, find your place in 2 Timothy chapter 1 this evening. We're going to start over there. Hallelujah. And don't, don't forget when we do the celebration service on the 11th, that there's going to be lunch after the service and everything is all provided. It's all free. And um, just come and enjoy yourselves and let's just enjoy celebrating with one another. Amen. 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 Father, we bless you and honor you, Father. We give you all the praise and all the glory. For you alone are worthy, Lord God. You are the glorious King, the mighty God. You are King of glory. That we lift up our heads, lift up our hearts, and open up to you. That you would come in with revelation, impartation. Come in with your presence. Come in with your anointing. That, Father, that by your word, Father, that revelation comes into our heart. That that anointing removes burdens and destroys yokes. That the power of the enemy is not able to stand against it. That we can do what your word says we can do. Be what your word says we can be. Have what your word says that we can have. Father, I thank you that we continually grow and develop in your divine nature, conforming to the image of Jesus. And therefore, Father, because your word is alive in our heart, there is no weapon that is formed against us that can prosper. That anyone that rolls a stone against us, it'll roll back on them. And whoever digs a pit, they themselves will fall into it. For we walk on the path of the Most High. We walk on your path that drips fatness. We walk on your path of protection, of increase and abundance. We bless you, Lord. We praise you. We magnify you and give you all the glory, all the honor. For you alone, Lord, are worthy are you to be praised. We glorify your name forevermore. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, here in 2 Timothy chapter 1, in verse 6, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says, For this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. 
kindle afresh. So I want to talk to you this evening about stirring up faith. Hallelujah. Not just knowing or saying, I have faith, I believe, but stir it up. Stir it up. Kindle it on the inside of us to revive a fire again. Hallelujah. How many of you remember when you first started learning about faith and first started understanding faith and how it would just burn on the inside of you? Now, I understand that we grow in these things and all, but we should always be stepping into places further and further in our faith to where that fire is burning and stirring up on the inside of us. He says, kindle it afresh, cause it to begin to be active again. Cause it to take on a new life, not just the old life or the old way, but kindle it afresh with a fire that what what was once burning. Kindle the embers on the inside. Amen. Vine's uh, word study says to kindle afresh means keep it in full flame. Keep it in full flame. Praise God. The fire can, can die down through neglect. Neglecting the word, neglecting fellowship with the Holy Spirit, neglecting praying in tongues. And all of the ingredients are still present on the inside. And it's just like having a maybe a wood burning stove. You've got the stove, you've got the wood, you've got everything that you need. And it was burning before, but the fire died down because of neglect. And it's time to kindle the flame once again. The Wish translation says resuscitate it resuscitate it it is losing its breath resuscitate it not only resuscitate the gift but resuscitate yourself you got to resuscitate yourself so that the gift is stirred back up again and it's a progressive continuous action keep on kindling keep on kindling a lot of things in the word is in a continuous action where it means keep on keep on because why the just ought to live by Faith, well, this is one of those areas where we're supposed to live in faith by kindling afresh. Amen. Keep it ablaze, praise God. So therefore, if by neglect the fire has died down, resuscitate it. If the fire is still burning, stir it up some more. Glory to God. It's the life of and the gift of the Holy Spirit that is within our life. Stir that gift up, the gift of the Holy Spirit. The first gift given to all believers, Jesus, just before he ascended into heaven, he told his disciples, wait for the promise of the Father, which you heard of from me, that you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. That is the first gift promised to every believer. Stir it up. Amen. God's desire is revival. Kindle afresh is to be revived. Amen. Revival is not for the world. Stop looking to the world to be revived. They've never been vibed. You can't be revived if you have not yet been vibed. Isn't that right? Amen. Revival is for the church. It's the church that needs revival. I just heard some things today. I don't even want to tell you about it, about some churches and stuff of what's going on and what's being promoted. And I mean, it's 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 awful. It is awful. And uh, this is not the light of the world that Jesus was um, uh, talking about, you know. He said, don't let your freedom be a reason for your flesh to be in control. And that's what we see happening in those churches where the flesh is in control. It's like the church of Laodicea. 
they were saved, but they gave freedom to their flesh to live the way that they wanted to live. And that's not real freedom. Neither is it love to accept that kind of action. Revival is needed in the church. Amen. And it doesn't happen automatically, just like anything in the kingdom. Nothing happens automatically. But we have to be in position for it to take place. Renewed attention. A restoration of force, of validity, of effect. Cause you to rise up and stand upright. That when faith stirs up, when, when that, the gift of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, the life of the Spirit inside of us stirs up, it causes us to rise up. You know, uh, darkness covers the earth and deep darkness the people, but the glory of the Lord shall rise upon you. And he tells, him, he tells us in that verse to rise up. Arise. Arise. Isn't that right? Amen. Well, what's going to cause us to arise? Faith rising up on the inside of us, that life of God in us being restored, coming out in force and effect. It means to thrive and to flourish once again. You know, down here we don't have winter, but up north we had winter. You know, down here we have cool spells. (laughs) You know, but uh, up north you have winter and you have where all the trees look like they've all died. All the leaves have fallen off. Isn't that right? The trees might be covered with snow. But what does winter do to the trees and the plants? It causes a thriving because nothing is seen on the outside, but something is happening on the inside. So the outside, there is no flourishing, but it's all being revived on the inside. And then when spring comes along, it all buds out. Why? Because the trees, the plants never died. They're just revived. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So what happens on the inside will cause and bring about what's needed on the outside. Revival on the inside will bring revival of life on the outside. Hallelujah. 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 You know, sometimes we think, well, I don't know, things are just kind of blah. Life is really, you don't need another vacation. You need revival. You need to get your life where it needs to be because vacation isn't going to help you because when you come back from sucking the suds in the water that you've been swimming in, you're coming back to the same old stuff. You need revival on the inside to create an effect on the outside. And how does that happen? Stir up, kindle afresh. The gift that's on the inside. The faith that's on the inside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. John chapter 15. And let's read verses 1 through 3. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is something that I really had a hard time understanding for a long time until around uh, 2015. I mean, that's not too bad. I got saved in 81, but in 2015, (laughs) I understood what he's talking about in these verses. (laughs) John 15, verses 1 through 3. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. 
clean by what? By the word of God. Clean the word of God through the new birth, accepting the word of God in the new birth. You got regenerated. You got renewed. You got born of the Holy Spirit. You were clean because of the word. And the word clean means to be made pure, unsoiled. Well, that's what happened and took place within our spirit when we got born again. We were made uh, pure. We were made clean. Sin wiped away. All the darkness was removed from us. Isn't that right? We were made a new creature in Christ. The old things had passed away. All new things had come. And in our human spirit, we were born again. And the Holy Spirit came to dwell on the inside of us. I'm more excited than you are. I'm stirred up. Glory to God. Amen. Well, this is also a play on words because he says here, you are clean because of the word which I spoke to you. Well, verse two, he said, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it. Well, the word prune is the same Greek word as the word clean. Every branch that bears fruit, every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it. He cleans it. He's not cutting your arm off. It's a play on words because to clean means to prune. You're already pruned because of the word which I've spoken to you. So Jesus is talking here in the context of bearing fruit, and it takes pruning to bear fruit. The New Living Translation says, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. The Word does the pruning. God does not prune you with trials and tribulations and afflictions in life. Oh, God's trying to teach me something. No, He's not. <laughs> I mean, I, I am. I'm, I'm trying to be nice. He, he's not trying to teach you something, okay? What's happening is, is the devil has brought trouble into your life and he's blaming it on God so that you won't stand up against it. Amen. The word does the pruning. Problems do not do pruning. Pruning is designed to help us bear more fruit. And does, it is never Satan's design to help you. Never. Not your friend. He's not looking for you to have some growth in life. He's looking for you to have some groaning in life. Isn't that right? The Living Bible says he has already tended you by pruning you back for greater strength and usefulness by means of the commands I gave you. So the design of the word is to bring increase into your life. Amen. And sometimes it's a pruning or a cleaning because you have, to, you have to cut something off from your life. God deals with you about something in your life that has to be cut off, just like in the churches of Revelation, to him who overcomes. Well, what do you have to do to overcome? you got to cut off some of that stuff you're doing and overcome those things. So you have to cut some stuff off in your life, but the Word of God is showing you what you need to cut off in your life. And if you will do that, you will be clean and you will grow and you will have increase in your life amen verse 2 says if we can go back to new american standard please verse 2 says every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away 
Now, the word take away. Now, what does that mean? Now, everybody has always said, well, he's going to take you away. He's going to remove you. He's going to just pull you away or cast you out. But the word take away is the Greek word aro, and it means to raise, to take, and to lift up. To raise, to take, and to lift up. Now, this word, I have what I use on a regular basis. I have more, but on a regular basis, I use 21 Greek references when I study certain words. And the majority of these Greek references say what I just told you, to raise, to lift up, and to take up. The vine dresser. So we have a vine I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. All right, now every branch. Now, when we think about a branch, what do we think? We think about an oak tree that has branches. But it's not an oak tree with branches. It's a vine that has these little vines coming out the side. There's a branch, and they are the, the, the branches that carry the fruit. Well, every, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he lifts it up. He raises it up because the vine dresser is going to lift the branch that's not bearing so it can get more light. Amen. See, that's God's character. See, when you read the word of God, you've got to read it in God's character and stop reading it through the eyes of religious doctrine. Religious doctrine is always condemning. Always. Oh, God, God's mad at you. He's going to take you away. He's going to remove you. And you didn't bear any fruit, and he's going to cut you off. See, that's religion. That is never God's character. Amen. Religion wants you to live perfect. And if you don't, you'll lose your salvation. Which then tells me that these religious people must think they live perfect. You're a legend in your own mind. No, you have to look at it at God's character. God's character is always loving. Listen, I don't care if you're a branch that's caught in murder, adultery, the LBGTQ lifestyle, fornication. If you're a thief, if you're a raw, it doesn't matter what it is. He wants to lift you up. He don't want to say, oh, it's okay. I love you. Just stay the way you are. No, he wants to lift you up to the light of the word of God that will clean you and help you to increase and grow. Amen. And God can't do any of the lifting unless we allow him. And the way he lifts us up is with his what? With his word. His word. Our garden is private property. And even though he's the owner, because he's purchased with the blood of Jesus, he's purchased our property. But he's given us the authority as the manager. And he does not override our authority or our will. But he does want so much to lift us by just taking hold of his word. God cannot come in unless he's invited or been given the key to the property. Are you with me? So it's our choice. And you know, every garden needs room for new growth. Every garden needs new growth. 
And this is why we talked about kindling afresh. Because if we don't kindle afresh, we continue with old growth and never have new growth. And the whole purpose of the branch is to bear fruit, not just to have old fruit. Are you with me? Verses 4 through 6. So again, he says, you're already clean because of the word. In verses 4 through 6, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. All right? So we're already clean, right? So therefore we can abide, dwell, live, and continue in him. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Dwelling is a habitual word. We habitually dwell. The anointing habitually dwells in us. Isn't that right? So we should habitually abide and dwell in him. This is what we want to grow in and develop in. He never leaves us. He continually abides. So we should never leave him and we should continually abide. Amen. This is, see, it's about regulating your relationship with him. It's the best relationship you could ever have. And it don't end at the end of this age. Continues on for all eternity. And the more you get to know him, the better the relationship is. Isn't that right? Amen. See, this is the result of bearing fruit. Or I'm sorry, the result of this abiding is bearing fruit. Okay? To bear fruit is the general sense or result of human actions. Remember what John said? Keep with repentance to the bearing of fruit. Isn't that right? All right, well, fruit is the test or the evidence of the repentance. Crying, blubbering, blubbering, and wailing or whatever, tears. That's not the proof of repentance. It could just be the proof of I'm caught. But it's not necessarily the proof of repentance. It could be, but you can't tell until you see the actions. The actions is the proof. Keep with repentance. Keep with it until you start bearing different actions. Until you change. If you don't change, then there isn't any repentance. You know, when I got born again, I came to a great revelation of what a sinner I was. You know, I didn't have that revelation before I got saved. Uh, I knew not everything I did was in the up and up, and I always had to do stuff to make sure I didn't get caught, you know, as far as man's laws go. But when I got saved, I came to understand everything in my life was wrong as far as God's concerned. And um, I had a lot to repent for. So therefore, I had a lot of work to change. And I had to really stay the course and focus and give myself to the Word of God continuously and constantly. The Word, the Word, the Word, prayer, 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 Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, continually abiding and habitually dwelling so that I could change my actions and bear fruit in the repentance that I acted on when I got saved. Amen. 
When it came to the false teachers, Jesus said, you'll know them by their what? Fruit. Well, what is the fruit? The outward expression of the inner nature. So I could go around as a teacher of the Word of God and talk great things and wonderful things from the Word of God. But you might see me out there, and I don't live like the way I'm talking in here. Well, you'll know me, not by what I say in here, but you'll know me by the fruit of my life. And you know, how many of you know Bob Yandian? He, he and his wife was on a small island one time in Hawaii, one of the Hawaiian islands, and he was on a small island, and he was on the back end of the island. And they were just back there, and they happened to run into somebody that was a member of their church. And they said, hey, Pastor Bob, so good to see you. You know, <laughs> you know and they just visited for a while, and when they personally left, Bob Yandian turned to his wife and said, good thing we weren't sinning. <laughs> Uh, you know them by their fruit. Fruits are a decisive standard of judgment, and we are supposed to judge fruit, not judge what comes out of somebody's mouth, not judge how they want to try to, you know, act towards you or put on towards you. What are the actions of their life? I knew this one woman that she had, uh, she lived up north with her husband, and uh, they went through a separation. And she decided to move to Florida. And she said, if he still wants to uh, be with me, he'll follow me down here. And um, about a month or so later, he followed her to Florida. And uh, she said, okay, well, now that you're here, let's see what you do. And she probably waited seven months and watched his actions before making a decision. Okay, let's get back together and try this again. Because words are cheap everybody can afford them and some people have a bigger account than others <laughs> so it's not words that prove anything but it's whether the actions line up with the words fruits are a decisive standard of judgment the power to produce fruit is either going to be the power of sin, which would be bad fruit, bad fruit, or the power of fellowship with Christ, which would be good fruit. Amen. So verse 6 again. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Okay? Now, it doesn't say if a man never did live in me. OK, you know, you, you can read commentaries on this stuff and you have to understand commentaries are very opinionated. And there is no commentary out there that you can read everything in it and it'll be exactly right. It's opinionated. Sometimes it's based on, you know, I have some commentaries based on original languages and things like that. But then you've got some that are just commentary, like you're listening to somebody on TV giving a, a narrative. And this is their opinion. And a lot of people say, well, if he doesn't abide in me, that's people that have never been born again. That's not what it says. And that's not how he's talking in these verses. He says, but if a man does not continue in me, if he doesn't continue in me, abide, continue, continue dwelling in me. So it's a continue in fellowship. 
He's not talking about a continuing in relationship. See, this is what you have to look at when you read the word. Is he talking about your relationship or is he talking about your fellowship? You know, my wife and I could have a big argument and for half a day, I am not continuing and abiding dwelling with her. I'm ticked off. But guess what? I'm still married to her. The relationship hasn't changed. But the fellowship's got some problems now. And that's what he's talking about there. If anyone does not abide in me, doesn't continue. He could. Why could he? Because the relationship is still there. But he has chosen not to. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. Okay, that's what the message translation says. If he doesn't abide in me, he's thrown away. Okay, and it says they, now here's another thing about commentaries, they gather them. Oh, now all of a sudden, this is the angels. Oh, the angels are gathering them, you know. Well, because they go to the eschatologic, eschat, whatever, the end days. I always have trouble with that word. <laughs> and um, they go into the end days where the angels are gathering up. You know, separate from me the wheat and the chaff. But that's not what he's talking about here. All right. In fact, the King James uses the word men. If men, men will gather them. And most translations use these kind of words. Nobody uses the word angels. And he says that men or they will gather them and cast them into fire and they are burned. Well, they're burned up by the fires and afflictions and persecutions of life. They're not dwelling where they should be. So they've opened their door, the door up to afflictions and persecutions to come to burn up their life. Are you with me? So, here's the vine, here's the branch that is to bear fruit. Here, the father sees, here's a branch that's not bearing fruit, so he lifts it up. He sends his word to it, to lift it up, to raise it up, so that the light of the word can get to them and to bring a change. But if they decide not to, and they decide to separate from that vine, that's still a branch that belongs to the Lord, but because now they're separated there's no more protection. There's no more anything that the Lord can do for them. And men now can come along and grab them. Because remember, as long as you're saved, you're in the hand of the, God, of the Lord and nobody can take you out. But when you separate, men can take hold of you, grab you, and bring you down the road of afflictions and persecutions and trials and troubles. And the devil has a heyday in your life. So to not dwell or to not abide is to cut off fellowship. Yeah. Now, some people, and this is dumb, but some people say, well, you know, as long as the relationship's good. What? As long as the relationship is good, but you're going to live like what? That's like me married to my wife and she's got a half a million dollars. But I want nothing to do with her. Do you think she's going to run after me with money and go, hey, let me help you out? No. But at least I'm married. Really? Does that make sense? And neither does it make sense when we say things like, well, my relationship's still good with God. But your fellowship is what? It's in the sewer. 
So what good is it doing you? So what we want to do is be the pig with, this, with, this, with the gold ring in our snout. But one day, you know, when it comes to eternity, I'll still be saved. You'll be on the, on the outskirts and you'll never get to see God. For all eternity. See, people that talk like that, they have no view of eternity. They can't see past the nose on their face. And all they can see is the lust of the flesh. And never want to let go of it. Amen. So to not dwell or to not abide is to cut off fellowship. And the result when you cut off fellowship is you dry up. You're deprived yourself of the influences of God's grace, God's spirit. And this person finds himself as a, at a loss of anointing. He's indifferent, cold, and no longer interested in spiritual aspects of life. But yet they'll tell you, but I still love God. Okay, so look at Deuteronomy, I think it's 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30 for a minute. And I think it's verse 19. Let's try that. Deuteronomy 30, 19. Yeah, there it is. He says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So here's a hint. I want to help you out. I don't want you to make the wrong choice. Let me tell you what you ought to do. Choose life. It's amazing that he has to tell us this. Choose life in order that you may live and your descendants. So this is not just for your benefit, it's for your seed. But then he goes on to say in verse 20, so here's how you choose life, by loving the Lord your God. How do you love the Lord your God? Obey his voice. And how do you do that? By holding fast to him. For this is your life and the length of your days, that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. So you love the, choose life by loving the Lord. How do you love the Lord? Obey his voice. He lifts you up. He's trying to clean you and give you his word, the light of his word to help you out so increase can come into your life. And hold fast to him regardless of what you're dealing with. Why? Because this is your life. Remember he just said choose life? This is your life. But it's not only your life, it's the length of your days. So if we're not loving the Lord by obeying his voice and holding fast to him, we're cutting our days short. And we won't live in the land. Can you see that? So you could see it in the Old Testament. You could see it in the New Testament. It's what Jesus is talking about over in John. Amen. Amen. Deprived of the influences of God's grace and spirit, this person finds himself at a loss of anointing, indifferent, cold, and no longer interested in the spiritual aspects of life. Therefore, they or men gather them. It's not a loss of salvation, but certainly a loss of the joys of life as was intended. That Jesus came to give you a life and life more abundant 
and even the life gets cut short. And we get cast, this person gets cast into the fires of life. And once that person gets cast into the fires of life, they should at that point now understand the benefits of not only being in a church or even in the body of Christ, but being in close fellowship with Christ himself, with the Holy Spirit, and with his people. You've stepped out of the corporate anointing. And this person that winds up in the fires of life should realize they need to run back into the secret place and dwell. And you know, for most people, that means putting down pride. And it's a hard thing for a lot of people. And why don't they put down the pride? Because when the Lord's lifting them up and sending that word, they will not obey. And because they don't obey, they prove they don't love. And because they prove they don't love, they are proving that they're not choosing life. I wish I could say that in a smoother way. But if you're outside a fellowship with Christ, we're burned up in life. Because in Christ, it's who we are. We're in Christ. We're not, you know, and, and if we step out from him, we're only in ourselves. We can burn up in life because of how others treat us. And we have no escape from it. We can burn up in our own lust of our flesh that destroys. We can burn up in circumstances and have no answers and not know at all what to do. If you sow to the flesh, we'll reap corruption. Galatians 6, 8, God is not mocked. He set the laws in motion and there's no getting around them. Amen. So again, it's not a loss of salvation, but it certainly is a loss of great recompense of rewards that would have lasted much, much longer and been much, much greater than the reason we separated ourselves from the presence of the Lord in the first place. Whatever it might have been. You know, I've known people that they don't want to have anything to do with God because of the way they're living. They know they're not living right, so therefore they don't want to be around the things of God. But yet, if you change that and get around the things of God, the rewards and benefits are so much greater than what you think you don't want to give up. And God's trying to get you to cut this off so that you can grow and blossom in life. Amen. So what do we do if we find ourselves in that position in life? Kindle afresh. Kindle afresh the gift of God. You know, the last two weeks we've talked about being infused with the Spirit. We talked about be being filled with the Holy Ghost. Isn't that right? Kindle it afresh. Get back to that again. Get back to that way of living. Get back to that lifestyle. You know, not just as... You know, looking out the window and staring at billboards while you're driving, going, not even thinking about what you're doing, not connected, just kind of blabbering. Well, Pastor, how can you blabber if you're not connected? Because when you got filled with the Holy Ghost, he gave you the ability to speak in tongues. But you don't always do it while you're being connected. It's a matter of being connected, being in position. It's not just muttering words. Amen.
Romans 12, 3. For though, through the grace of God given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. Not to think more highly. See, the first thing is repentance. To turn back to where we need to be. Take on a right way of thinking. We need to take on a right way of thinking about ourselves. You know, Jesus had a right way of thinking about himself. He said, I can do nothing of my own. I only do what I see the Father do. As I hear, I judge. As he leads me, I do. Now, if Jesus says he could do nothing of himself. <laughs> see, now this tells you the level of pride that a human being has because of sin. It doesn't mean you're a sinner, but because of sin in the world and because of the way we've been trained in life, we have taken on the attitude of, you know, I can take care. How many times have we said, so I can do this. You know, I don't need to bother God with that. You know, I can take care of this. You know, and the, the level of pride that is within a human being that we don't even recognize because we've just lived in it for so long. But yet Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself. Now, of course, he could have. He said, you know, I could call for legions of angels and wipe you all out and we'd be done. But that wasn't the Father's will. So it wasn't that he couldn't do anything. He refused to do anything of himself. Man, that is a very, very humble position. But yet he was the most powerful person that ever lived on the face of the earth. And what has the devil told us? That our pride is what makes us to be big. And it really makes us so small. The more pride, the smaller we are. Amen. We have to take on sober thinking. Think so as to have sound judgment. As God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Sound thinking. Sober thinking. Come back to the gift of grace, faith, and the Holy Spirit. We were saved by grace through faith. Same with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. By grace through faith. Same thing with anything in the kingdom of God. By grace through faith. Come back to the way things were. The way you got saved is the way we live. The just shall live by Faith connecting to grace. Amen. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 4.13. It says, but having the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak. It is the spirit of faith that is in each and every one of us that needs to be stirred up. He has dealt to each of us the measure of faith. Faith isn't even from our own self. It came because of him and because of his word. Isn't that right? So we have that spirit of faith. It's in us. We have to stir it up. Bearing fruit. Faith is to bear fruit. Faith is to bring results. And each step of the way, you know, 
I'm trying to get over there, and faith is bringing me down that road, but faith has developed this step, and this step has brought increase, and now faith develops the next step, and faith develops the next step, and if I continue on that path, I'm going to get to where I need to be. Isn't that right? Amen. It's a spirit of faith, bearing fruit. You need faith in bearing fruit. Yeah, I don't know how many times I had to speak to myself what the Word of God says just so that I wouldn't do the things I wanted to do the way that I used to live before I got saved. I'd have to talk to myself continuously over and over and over again. Why? Because I wanted to bear fruit. But without faith, there's not any bearing of fruit. So I've got to renew my mind to what the Word of God says. Judge not, lest you be judged. If any man steals, let him stop and work with his hands so that he'll have something to give to others. Don't lie to one another. I mean, all of those things had to talk to myself. And a lot of other things. Why? Because unless you bear faith, you cannot bear fruit. Not fruit that lasts. Oh, we can change our actions. It might last a week. But let somebody come along and just push your button, talk you off, and talk your jaw. You're on them in a heartbeat. Like a rat on a Cheeto. <laughs> Repentance, you know, it, it worked for a little bit, but you did it in self-will. And I understand, you know, even in developing faith, you know, okay, the word says don't lie and oh, don't steal or um, don't take revenge and things like that. So, okay, that's what the word says. That's what I'm going to do. But then somebody comes along, pushes your button, and you lose it. But you go back to what the word of God says and get that developed in you. What does it mean when you've lost it? When you just let go on that person it means you weren't as developed as you thought you were. That's all. And you got to go back to the Word, develop the Word on the inside of you. Because the Word has to affect your thinking. Your thinking affects your emotions. Your emotions affect your will. And that all affects your life, your decisions, and your choices. And it all happens immediately. You don't have time to think about it. It happens quick. And it has to become a normal reaction in life. Amen. Faith is not only about being able to receive all the Father has prepared for us, but more importantly, faith is about becoming all that Jesus made us to be. He made us so that we could fellowship with him, abide with him, and dwell in him. We are his workmanship. We're created for good works. Stir up the faith by which we were first saved. Condemn sin in the flesh. Doesn't that, isn't that what, Jesus, what it says? Jesus condemns sin in the flesh. If he condemns sin in the flesh, then sin in your flesh has no power over you. You do not have to yield to that thing. It has no power over you. There is no good thing in the flesh. Don't yield to it. Amen. Amen. The children of Israel came out of Egypt, remember? I know you weren't there, but you read about it. 
They came out of Egypt with a high hand. But they went through, and if you read the book of Numbers, which is actually the book of murmurings, so all they did was murmur and complain. So although they came out with a high hand, they had separated themselves from God through their murmuring and complaining, and they were never full, never filled, never enough. They couldn't take the promised land because their eye was off of their deliverer and on themselves. We can't do this. There's no way we can do this. There's giants in the land. We can't take the land. Their eyes on themselves. They were not abiding like they needed to. So they forgot their God that they even want. And then they even wanted to return to Egypt. Oh, that we were back in Egypt. It's amazing how bad stuff can be in life. But then all you remember is, oh, I wish I was. Well, that's just the devil wanting to pull you back into a bad situation. That's all that is. He's pulling on your emotions. Nobody stirs up the bad memories. It's always the good memories that get stirred up. And it wants to pull you back into that. But you got to have sober, sound thinking and judgment. And realize, why did we want to get out of Egypt? It wasn't until the next generation that remembered their God and set their faith on him that they could follow him and take the land with a high hand of victory. Yeah. Amen. Well, just like that generation of Israel, it's time for us to take hold of the word of God, yeah. be purged, be pruned, and bear more fruit. Amen. Amen. Israel went through 40 years of difficulties. It did not prune them. The next generation had to align themselves with God's word through Joshua. Then the Lord removed the reproach of the past. See, so you align yourself first and then the reproach gets removed. A lot of people want things to change so that then they could. No, if you will, then it does. You know, I was just sharing uh, uh, that. Well, you know, uh, 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 we were just saying that at the end of July, the mortgage on the building was down to $11,000, and today it's paid off and enough to cover the tithe. Well, when that was, you know, and we're glad about it, we're rejoicing, but back when Pastor Nid said, you know, by September this is going to be paid off, we were rejoicing back then. In fact, I started rejoicing back in 2021 or 2020, when we started saying, we started to declare, we're starting to sow ourselves and sowing this church out of debt. And we started celebrating that this thing is done. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The word they received cleaned them, and they bore the fruit of conquering Jericho. They received the word, and then the reproach was removed, and then they conquered Jericho. We received the word, and then we sowed the seed, and then we received what was needed to be out of debt. Amen. Amen. And I always thank God for your obedience to what the Lord had you to do. You know, God always has purpose. And God's plans cannot be thwarted. The only decision we have to make is, are we going to be in on his plans or not? 
That's all it is. He always gives us opportunity to be in on his plan. You know, God has a plan for this nation. God is not done with this nation. God has a plan for this nation, and God's plan cannot be thwarted. And just like God used, the, used people to find the nation and founded the nation and put it on a solid foundation called the Constitution, he's still not done with this nation. And although it has gone in such a bad direction, God's using people to turn it back around again. The only decision we all make is, are you going to be part of God's purpose? You're going to be in on it or not? Amen. God has given each of us a gift. It's called faith. The ability to believe and to act accordingly. He's given that to us. The Word of God prunes us. When you read your Bible, there's a lot of big words in there. Called if. All the big ifs of the Bible. If you hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, then all these blessings shall come upon you. The ifs and the thens of the Bible. And all the ifs, all the ifs are there to show us we have a choice. God's not forcing anything on us. He doesn't force the blessing on us. He doesn't force punishment on us. He doesn't force sowing on us. He doesn't force reaping on us. If you, then this is what will happen. If and then. Choice. Amen. Amen. If. If. What's an if? The Greek word iro, lift. If, then I will lift. If, then I will lift. Here's my word. Here's my word. Come on. If you will then you'll be lifted and you'll bear fruit. Amen. If you will, then you'll be pruned, clean, so you can bear more fruit. He lifts us and cleans us. How does he clean us? By the word. And what's the other word for clean? Prune. So how does he prune us? By the word, by the word. It's the same thing. Every time we choose his if, we are choosing to be cleansed by his word. And because we choose the if, he will lead us in the paths of righteousness. And we will walk on the path that drips with fatness. If we will just respond to the if. If, if you will listen and hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all that he's talking to you about to do, then all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you will only listen and hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. One last verse, Second Timothy chapter 2. Thank you, Jesus. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. It says, therefore, if any man cleanse himself from these things. Now, the things he's talking about was what he was talking about previously, gold and silver vessels or wood and earthenware vessels, some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man cleanse himself from these things, what things? The wood and the earthenware and the things that dishonor. If we'll cleanse himself from these things, he will become a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, and prepared for every good work. Amen. 
So dealing with the issues of life cleans us and frees us so that we can be more of a vessel to carry the oil of his spirit to others. Amen. Useful to the master. If anyone cleanses himself from these things, he'll be a vessel for honor. How does he cleanse himself from these things? He answers the Lord's ifs. Do not lie to one another. Well, I don't see the word if there. Well, he's telling you, if you will not lie to one another. If you will sow to the Spirit. If you will set your mind on the things of the Spirit. If you will renew your mind. If you will take on my thoughts and my ways, which are higher than yours. If you will walk on my path and in my life. If. Dealing with the issues of life. It'll cause us to be lifted. Cause us to be clean. And cause us to be freed. So that our vessel holds more of the oil of God. And is able to disperse more. Amen. And just like anything, it's going to take faith to accomplish it. We need more oil, so we need to live in faith. We need to kindle faith because we need to kindle the Spirit. We want to be useful, don't we? I know we do. Everybody wants to be useful. Well, we have to faith, faith it to be it. Amen. Back to the basics of stirring up faith, stirring up the things of the spirit, living in that place, dwelling and abiding, checking our foundations to make sure they're not cracked so we can get ready to build again because every garden needs new growth. Stir up faith, stir up the Holy Ghost, and you will stir up life. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. We bless you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. We give you all praise and glory and honor. If you're on live stream or podcast, just go ahead and lift your hands and let's just bless the Lord. We honor you, Lord. We thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your love and your care and your compassion towards us. Thank you, Lord, that you don't leave us laying down, but you lift us up that you send your word to us, to incite us, to stir us up. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that it encourages us, empowers us, that we can choose your word, take hold of your word, and walk in the light of your word. Oh, I thank you, Lord, for all of the ifs that we get to choose, so that we can choose life, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord, and we choose the ifs because we do hold to your word. Oh, I thank you, Lord, we obey your voice. And we do choose life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Father, we thank you and bless you. We praise you, Father, for the word that you have sent to us tonight. That whatever wrong thinking we may have had in these areas, it has cleansed our thinking. That we can think as you think. That we can judge as you judge. And we can walk as you walk. Father, I just thank you so much that you are continually looking to us for our benefit to help us to grow. That in every area of life that we would move out from childhood into becoming mature sons of the living God. Thank you, Lord, that we can do nothing 
apart from you. Nothing that lasts, nothing that works, nothing that has an eternal reward attached to it. So I thank you, Lord. You've created us for good works. Father, I just thank you that it starts by kindling afresh that which you have put within us so that you can speak to us, you can direct us, and you can guide us. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So I just want you to know that I have been um, invited to the uh, Republican meeting tomorrow night at Kingsgate to uh, to do an invocation uh, for the for the Republican meeting. Uh, it's an open meeting, so if anybody should want to go, but it's at Kingsgate over on Rampart Boulevard, uh, Kingsgate Golf Club, off of Kings Highway down Rampart, and uh, it starts at six o'clock. So if you should want to be there or you're able to be there, it would be good to see you. Okay. And that includes you on live stream. If you want to go, we will be there. Amen. Father, I thank you. Thank you, Father. We come before you with a heart of gratitude, thanking you for your word tonight, thanking you for your anointing and for what you're doing in our hearts and what you're doing in our lives. Father, we continue to walk on your path to follow you in your direction, and you will always lead us to that wealthy place of life. We come to you with our seed to sow, and Father, I thank you that you are the one that has supplied the seed, and as we sow it, we do it by faith, declaring that you will increase back to us the harvest that comes from this righteous act of giving. We bless you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanks for joining us on live stream, on podcast. We're so glad you could be with us tonight. Uh, it was a good night to actually be on live stream considering the downpour that we had. And uh, it kept you in a dry place. But, um, uh, so, but we're glad that you were able to join us. And if you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, you can go to our website, newlifefamilyworship.net, and click on the uh, link. Uh, there's a link that for giving, and uh, if you want to sow into different areas, there's a description box. If you wanted to sow into building or if you want to sow into different things, you can just put that into the description box in your giving. Thank you in advance for the seed that you sow. If there's anything we can pray with you about, please let us know, and we will stand with you and believe God for your need to be met. Amen.